The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As spiritual seekers, we often receive guidance on which path to follow. This might be necessary for some time, but as we move along, we need to trust our heart and become our own guide. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us, a place where we can listen to everyone's heart. Your companion on the journey is Jill Asselin. Come join us now on this path of inner exploration. Here is your host, Jill Asselin. Good afternoon or good evening, everyone. Um, this is Jill again, a new week. I'm not saying the week starts on the first day, but um, this is, let's say, a new show. Still about uh, nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us. And um, this week's theme, you know, for the sake of releasing, is very much about... It's very much about spelunking and um, this idea of going within and um, reflecting on uh, what needs to be released and for what purpose. And, um, you know, maybe there's different things that need to be released at different points in time. I, I don't know. I've been reflecting on that, obviously. The, the topic came to me fairly early on, um, which is... I always keep track on that, you know. The, this one was pretty, um, pretty silent, pretty subtle. Uh, I think it came around Saturday, and and um, I could feel something growing and something um, telling me uh, it's about time to talk about release. And I've been hearing so many times in the past year or so that we need to let go of what no longer serves us. And obviously, the challenge is to find out what is it that no longer serves us. It may be a set of beliefs. It may be a set of patterns, a set of habits, um, a set of friends. I don't know. Uh, a spouse, I, I have no idea. You know, it's, a, it's not a question I can ask for everyone. It's a question that I, I ask myself, obviously. And... Um, I will get to that idea, but personally, um, a lot of things popped up in terms of, in terms of karma you know, uh, this week, karma, our karmic baggage, what comes to us um, life after life, uh, providing we haven't dealt with it, and uh, it's like a residue. Um, we don't always know where it's coming from, I mean, from which life, but uh, it is there, and I think it's clouding our, our view uh, it may be hampering us. Uh, not everything has to do with karma. I don't think so. I was, I was discussing uh, this with a friend of mine last week, uh, Lyndon, who was on the show in October for two shows. And she's been riding in, in the month of February. She's in Japan and there's like winter, whatever, austerities or something like this in Japan in February. 
in the middle of winter, and she's been writing a chronicle uh, every day. So she wrote uh, 29 chronicles for the month of uh, February. And in two or three of them, she alluded to the concept of karma. And um, I think it's pointless in the first place to um, to try to know what karma is all about. I think, you know, again, circumstances and, and situations come back into our lives. And... Uh, some of them may be due to karma, some of them, you know, may not. If we think about something very tragic happening in our lives, you know, losing, uh, losing a parent, losing a spouse, losing a child, it's, you know, it's beyond description, the soul and the grief. And um, is it due to karma? You know, it's, uh, there may be other reasons, and I'm going to, talk about that in the second segment when I touch upon uh, this concept that I addressed already, the the sacred wound, uh, the concept from Bill Plotkin, upon which I've been um, been reflecting this week because it's it's a key key thing, you know, this sacred wound, um, which may have been inflicted in our childhood uh, in very different, uh, so I'm going to talk about it now, I guess. It's... um, it's really the right time. But um, there's an article on my blog at uh, nurturingthegiftofseeking.org. And it was written uh, a little over a year ago on January 12, 2015. And it talks about uh, exploration of the sacred wound by Bin Plotkin. Bin Plotkin is a, is a developmental ecological psychologist who lives in the southwest part of Colorado. And he organizes um, adventures in nature. He drops you for about a week or a few days into the canyons. And that's when you are faced with your, we are faced with our true nature or whatever wants to talk to us. It could be the rocks, it could be the bushes. It's um, a very profound experience that I've never had a chance to undertake. But he wrote a book called... um, Nature and the Human Soul, Uh, the byline says, Cultivating Wholeness and Community in a Fragmented World. And I read this book in about four years, three, four years ago. And this concept of the sacred wound uh, really stood out for me, Um, of course, because of my own wound. And um, it's always interesting, you know, to discover things in retrospect, and my own wound uh, is coming from my own childhood when there was a lot of turmoil and chaos in, in the house. I, I've talked about that at great length uh, during the first few shows last year. So um, a way to set the stage in a sense and, um, and to talk about an old, um, an old scar in a sense. And uh, that's what it was. That happened 40, 45 years ago at home in France. Uh, my mother was very verbally abusive, a lot of yelling, and um, a lot of humiliation as well. The three of us suffered, my dad, I think the most, my brother, who is uh, eight years older, and myself. Uh, the question is, you know, the real question, and I think I didn't get any answer until very late in life, uh, late as as opposed to how old I am today. But um, things, you know, start to to seep through, to percolate at some point. 
and I realized, uh, I started to realize um, that something wanted to express itself. When I went through my dark night of the soul, I talked about that also uh, in the show last year, so I'm not going to give you much details. I don't need to. But it's when there was some sort of a rupture in my life, and I kind of collapsed. I was in graduate school in Wisconsin. That was 25 years ago, something like this. And suddenly my... um, my world was shattered um, in many different pieces and many different ways. And I think my greatest um, worry at the time is was to not be able to finish my studies. I was in, uh, in there for, uh, for the midterm. I was there for about four years. It's a long time. I was already in my late 20s. And um, it was a big investment uh, of mine, um, both emotional, psychological, and obviously financial and professional as well. I had left behind uh, my, my career in accounting that I didn't want to pursue. So, And so something happened then, I could tell, that uh, we're in the midst of, uh, of dark night, I guess. You don't get enough, um, enough recul, as we say in French. You, know, you don't have the opportunity to look back. But I could tell that the, the month and the years that uh, ensued, um, that there was a lot of things you know, seeping out, uh, coming from my life. A lot of sadness, a lot of anger as well. Uh, usually, um, usually a, a depression is due to a lot of, you know, sadness which is keep, kept bottled in, uh, within, and that doesn't find a way to express itself. And I think there was sadness about my concept of a mother, uh, especially a mother with, you know, we think uh, a mother is loving and... Um, she was loving in her own ways. She was loving in the ways she's been uh, taught to love, and it's a very different kind of love. It's not that, like she didn't care, but she was um, only able to replicate um, the way she was conditioned by her own mother. And that's, again, the way it is, and that's my, um, my good fortune in a sense. I can look at that this way now. So Bill Plotkin talks about this concept, and I think um, it's important to know, you know, in the first place, if we have a, a sacred wound, a wound coming from our childhood, I don't know. I'm not here to tell you. I'm telling you once again, it's important to go within and see, and see what happens. And, and the, the release work that I'm talking about today may have to do with this wound or the subsequent... Um, aftermath or whatever effects. Uh, in my case, there was a lot of guilt that I um, stored within, within my psyche, and that guilt didn't come out until that, apparently that final bout of guilt didn't come out until um, November of 2014 when I was attending a workshop. So it can last for a very long time. It, it stays, you know, stuck stuck to the walls, in a sense, to the wall of some of our caves. And unless we go some into some very deep exploration, we're never going to be able to find out. So I think it's very important to reflect, um, you know, with whomever you, you feel prone to doing it. Uh, maybe your siblings, maybe your parents, they are still um, alive, I mean, and they are open. Um, it's not something that my mother did very consciously, I guess, um, I've been talking to her a little bit, but um, 
she's no longer quite there now. She's uh, in a retirement home. So Bill Plotkin talks about, um, you know, different kinds of sacred wounds. Again, you can read that for yourself or you can um, buy his book or you can reflect on what happened in your childhood and, and possibly later, I don't know. It says in here, she need not come from a dysfunctional family, however, to have wounds. A core wound may stem from birth trauma or birth defect, or the death of a mother when she was three, or a pattern of innocent but shattering betrayals at the hands of her older brother. Maybe it was a father's absence due to illness, excuse me, or her guilt at surviving the car wreck that claimed her younger sister. Our own childhood bout of a potentially with a potentially deadly fever. Um, again, this needs to be explored um, because there's a reason why this wound is in our lives. There's a there's a karmic reason, I think, but also there's a a destiny reason. Uh, Bill Plotkin goes on by saying that. By experientially exploring your core wound, you can render it sacred. Your wound holds a key to your destiny. By surrendering to the grief and frightful memories at the heart of the wound, no longer distancing yourself from when you uncover here, there, your psyche is torn open so that new questions can be asked about who you are at your roots. These fermenting questions facilitate the death, the death of your old story and the birth of a larger story, a soul story, one revealed by the wounding itself. The goal in sacred woodwork is not to patch up your small story or to heal the adolescent ego, but to disidentify from both. The wound becomes sacred when you are ready to release, again, we are talking about release here, to release your old story and become the vehicle for which your soul story can be lived into the world. So I think it is this, you know, this paragraph and this concept uh, providing you connect with it is extremely important. It's like, a, it's a sign of a new birth. A new birth uh, providing we do the gestation work, gestation including release, releasing work of what needs to be done. And, um, I can't tell you again what it is that we need to be done. I can, I could tell about myself, and even when I was doing this kind of work, the way I did it is for my Buddhist practice. I practiced fairly assiduously for about 15 years, uh, between the years like 2002 until, um, no, sorry, 1992 until 2007 or 2008, and. Um, I don't remember consciously, you know, working on my wound. I could remember things coming out, especially anger seeping through again. But um, I wasn't made aware of the progress that I was experiencing. Sometimes, you know, when I was going back home, I was living in the U.S. at the time, and when I was going back to France and seeing my mother, I could tell that um, the way I was able to relate to her was less um, less emotional. You know, I was distancing myself from... Um, I was overcoming some some sort of a pain, and um, when I can talk about this now, and I realize there's no more emotional glue in a sense that ties me to this experience, 
I can tell that I was been I was able to to leave it behind and to to move on to something else. Again, this doesn't happen by accident in our lives. There's a reason. A reason that needs to be uncovered is part of our, Bill Plotkin calls it destiny. I think it's, um, it's big. It's maybe bigger than destiny in a sense. It's, uh, it's also our mission. It's, um, it's a great gift when you turn things around and you look at um, what needs to be done with this, um, this gift. Um, a lot. A lot. And so, in my case, I don't think I need to add much to what I just uh, shared with you. Um, where is this taking me? I don't know. Uh, things are opening up. Um, a lot of things this week again that were not expected. Um, that made me realize that really something last week shifted. I mentioned uh, the message that I got the week prior about this turning point. Uh, turning point meaning a positive uh, shift, if you will. Um, possibly moving into a new dimension, possibly at the family level, at the um, so-called professional level, knowing that my profession is mostly doing the show and, and uh, and researching, you know, researching for the show, researching for my life, researching for my own path, and going into my cave or my caves, and uh, absorbing the learning in a sense, absorbing and, and solidifying the learning. That's what I do most of the week. And um, again, where is this taking me? Concretely, I, I cannot tell. And um, that's just fine. We know so little about the future sometimes. I think what is more, um, what is more important is that we have the, the confidence, what I call the spiritual confidence, of knowing that we are on the right path and that we are progressing the way we are supposed to progress. And that I think only, only us, only we can tell um, not anybody else, even though we may be working with teachers. Teachers are not there to judge our progress. They don't, usually they don't give us yardsticks uh, to, measure, to measure which is something which is by, by essence, in essence, which is uh, intangible. So I'm not trying to find ways to measure spiritual progress, but a good way is to look back and to realize you know, how much we've walked how much we've explored. When you connect with something in your life, like a, a, an event in your childhood, an event especially when you felt hangry or hurt or guilty or anything, and it doesn't bring up any more emotional resonance. I was talking about resonance a couple of weeks ago. When this doesn't resonate uh, with you, emotionally speaking, you realize that you've done quite a bit of work already and that uh, you've distanced uh, yourself from, uh, from what happened. And I think that's, uh, that's a good part. It's a good part of the work we have to do on the path. Uh, obviously, we have to get to know who we are, spiritually speaking, on various levels and various dimensions. But I think it's important also to, 
disengage or disidentify um, in the words of uh, Bill Plotkin from our story and from the adolescent ego so that eventually we can move into a more mature ego. An ego which is um, uh, who is in charge of our uh, mission and, uh, and purpose. So thank you very much. I will see you in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jeel Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Jill. Thank you very much for listening today. I appreciate the presence. So I was talking earlier on about um, the sacred wound, uh, Bill Plotkin's uh, concept. And the reason I was talking about that is when I started writing some notes about today's show, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, that came to mind is, uh, what does it mean to drop or release the energy of retaliation? And this was my defense mechanism when I was a child. I had no way to... To fight. I mean, my mother was way too um, powerful. Uh, it's like a dragon, a dragon's spitting fire. And uh, I was young. I was maybe 10, 12, 13, 14. I don't know. I was, um, I was a young child. And my brother didn't seem to fight very much. So obviously, we were all uh, a bit of what you would call hand-packed um, at the mercy of my mother. And um, which is the way it was. But, um, you know, I, I, I reflected on, you know, this retaliation thing, this defense mechanism that I was able to let go. 
And sometimes in relation to what goes on in my environment, the thought, the thought comes back. I'm able to drop it very rapidly, but it's interesting that still the thought is coming back and it's coming back because there's a grooved pattern that has been uh, cemented in my childhood. And I have to, um, in a sense, turn the groove upside down. And, I, and I'm doing it. I'm doing it as I speak. I'm doing it by doing the work I'm supposed to do and going into my cave and exploring things. It's not like I need to do anything special. I need to keep walking along the path and do the things that I'm being called for. But it's really what, what came to mind. And um, the other point, the other concept that um, came to mind in terms of releasing, you know, for the sake of releasing is what I call releasing the clutches in our lives. And it, to me, it's a very important part, point. And again, it's a question of being aware, conscious of what is it or who is it that we use as a clutch in béquille en français. And um, I have one example that I will share with you. It's a very small one, but again, there's need to be something in our lives that makes us aware of what we need, what we do, and what we don't need. And when I think about that, I, I mention quite a number of times. It's one of my primary advice is not to worship or put someone above, you know, ourselves. When we work with someone, it could be even a, a boss in the workplace. Uh, but I'm talking especially on the spiritual path. When we work with a teacher, uh, a guru, or whatever, a coach, uh, to put the person above ourselves, if a person comes into our lives at this point, it's because he or she has something to offer based on her own purpose or mission and that's what she's offering to the world to humanity and we are one of those benefiting from the person's gift the person's talents and I think the appropriate attitude is respect and gratitude but not putting someone up and putting ourselves down usually which is what, what happens and again, it's not something which is very easy to identify because we may be doing this um, unconsciously. And um, the little example that I have, it has to do with my call. I still have a call. I've had that call for about a week now. And I have a weakness. My Achilles heel is my thought, which is interesting because I'm speaking now. But for at least 30 or 35 years now, I get at least two to three times a year when my immune system goes down or breaks down. It's not a big breakdown, but I feel tired. And I get a, a throat infection, uh, sort of a laryngitis. My throat feels very sore, I can tell. Um, and I have a headache and I feel tired. So there's very few symptoms, but these are the same. And they have been the same for, I would say, 35 years. I remember when I was in France, I was seeing a specialist, an ENT specialist, and he suggested to, to cleanse my tonsils with a, a laser, which he did for a period of three or four months. I was going to a clinic in early in the morning, and in the end, nothing changed. So this has been going on for a long time. 
And the reason I assimilate this epidemics, this this is with a clutch is in order to get back on my feet, antibiotics work very well. For whatever reason, I've been using antibiotics for a long time. We had the same doctor in New Jersey for 15 years, uh, an Indian man, and he was prescribing antibiotics, and it worked very well. And yet, this is not a bacteria that I have every time. It's a, it's a virus. So usually you do not treat viruses with antibiotics. You don't need to. You need to let the body fight the virus because the body has the resources to fight the virus. And after we moved to the West Coast, to the Pacific Northwest, I had this kind of uh, breakdown and soft throats. And I went to see a doctor last September and he refused to give me an antibiotics. And he gave me something that I've been using also this past week, a, a mouthwash, which is, it numbs the pain in, our, in my throat. It doesn't quite heal, but I think it facilitates the, the process. But in the end, it's really up to my immune system to do the work and to get back on track, which, tells, which, tell, which takes me quite a bit of time. But I realized, you know, since last September, I was able to recover more rapidly last September. I think in three or four days, I was back onto my feet. Uh, this time, it seems to be a bit more serious. But I'm able to get back on track without antibiotics. And I realized that, you know, for all these years when I was taking antibiotics, the easy way out, I was using them as a, as a clutch, something that I can use that I don't need, and still I'm using it. And it may be somewhat detrimental to my health. I don't know. Taking five days of antibiotics, chemicals into your system for a period of, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. We know what it does. And so... No, I had to let it go, and I'm, I'm uh, kind of fighting on my own without any, without any kind of chemical help, and it seems to be um, to be working a little, a little bit. Still have a sort of a headache, and um, I also believe that there's something, uh, you know, spiritual at work in this experience. At least something that I had to realize at some point. And that's the kind of, you know, again, of clutches I wanted to, to mention. And so many, you know, things and people can be clutches. And unless we get rid of those clutches, unless we decide to walk on our own, we won't be able to know the power that our, life, our lives have. The power is within. Um, there's no doubt about that. The power, the wisdom, the love, everything comes from within. The master within and um, the power to be well, the power to be healthy comes from within, regardless of what we ingest, regardless of any kind of medication, uh, be there for the mind or for the body. And so that's my little experience in terms of clutches. Um, what have I learned? I don't know. That I can, again, live without antibiotics. That's one thing. But I think there's more to it. And um, 
I don't quite know exactly. Um, so I will keep um, I will keep reflecting and um, possibly taking better care of my body and uh, resting a bit more as well. And so there's another thing that came to my life this week. Uh, I mentioned this idea of karma um, that I discussed with my friend Lyndon. And I came across a very interesting article um, that was posted on Facebook, a channeling by um, a person called Kryon. It's spelled K-R-Y-O-N. Uh, it channeled a person, I don't remember the person's name, I could give it to you, but it's um, yeah, channeled by Lee Carroll, L-E-E, and the last name Carroll. It was a channeling done in, uh, in Portland, Oregon, in November of 2014. So it's about a year and a few months old. And it's an interesting um, channeling um, that talks about the innate, innate, I-N-N-A-T-E. Very interesting concept. It's more or less your spiritual DNA and the thing that work within your your bodies, um, you know, all the different bodies that we have. And at some point, um, Kyron came to talk about um, karma, or what he calls uh, energy programming, which is pretty much the same. And I'm just going to read two short paragraphs. Um, now that you know what innate is, let's talk about innate's programming from the past. In Kryon Book One, there was a book published in 1993. I spoke about something that innate is responsible for. I said it's time to drop your karma. Karma is energy carried with you as a result of past life experience. Pull forward for the veil into a re reincarnate body. It is an energy of unfinished business. That's karma. It's real and it was needed in an older energy. And it's pretty much what I alluded to at the beginning of the show, that um, you know we bring something with us, energetically speaking. And oftentimes it's, uh, it's a challenging energy. It's something that we need to... Um, to go through, and that could create things in our lives, you know, difficult situations or difficult relationships with our families, for instance, people we don't get along. Uh, there's many different kinds of, um, of karma. And then Kryon uh, continues and says, it's in the DNA and innate governs it. So when I told you to drop your karma, I told you that you must talk to your body and talk to your cells. When you do that, say, I am done with the energy of the past. I drop my old karma. I move forward. These were the first instructions you ever had from me about a process that crosses the bridge from the corporeal self to the inner. We told you to use pure intent. And uh, I think this article came into, into my radar, I think, on Monday. And I was using this concept for, for a few days, you know, wondering about 
what is this uh, karma thing? And, and I said to myself a couple of times in my meditation, I am done with the energy of the past. I drop my old karma. I move forward. And, um, and that's one way to put... Um, obviously, I was thinking into... What came to mind is my, my experience as a child and what was going on in our house, in our home. And it's something that I said, you know, I'm really done with that kind of energy, which was destructive energy on one side. And on the other, on the receiving end, it was um, guilt energy. It was uh, low self-esteem energy. It was uh, anger energy. A lot of, you know, energy which is not conducive to uh, moving forward. And I want to move forward in my life. I have things, uh, obviously, things and uh, I don't know how to call them. Um, duties ahead of me that I'm not fully aware of but uh, obviously I'm here on earth for a reason and I'm really willing to really willing to be done with this energy of the past to drop my old karma and, and to move forward and I think it's a, I was making sort of a declaration to the universe that it was time for me to uh, to let go and um I'm not surprised that this uh, this piece uh, from Kion, uh came to me during that uh, you know a week where I would be talking about releasing, releasing what blocks our progress. And again, um, we're very much into an unconscious pattern because even though I think I've done quite a bit of work in regards to what happened in my childhood, I don't know exactly what's left. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of work also in terms of some of my past lives. Uh, when I was told that, you know, some of them were more difficult than others. And I was challenged uh, to the core with issues of being unfaithful or being uh, disloyal. Uh, things coming from lives, obviously, I didn't know of. And um, I was fortunately told uh, from one of my spiritual guides, Master Dwal, and I, and I think, I do believe that it's very important to work with spiritual guides. Um, there's so many around, so many guides, so many angels that are there to help us. And I think it's, um, it's very important to ask it's not like we're asking for something which is uh, out of reach. I think we need to believe that it's possible for things to happen. We're having, just to give you a little uh, sample of what the kinds of thing I ask for, we're having some, uh, some issues at school with our son, uh, again, five-year-old, and uh, he's been pretty um, agitated in school. We had a meeting about 10 days ago with... Um, not the principal, but like a vice principal, if you want, and uh, his teacher. On four instances, there was a report written because of his behavior. He was scratching someone, or he was, at some point, he punched uh, a boy in the nose, and uh, the boy started, boy's nose started bleeding, so there was some, some damage. And um, 
you know, I don't quite know why this is happening. We don't quite know why this is happening. I would think there's a lot of um, energies whirling around, as you know, as you may have felt. And I think he's, um, he's a very sensitive human being, and he's feeling those energies. And he doesn't know how to react, except possibly in a, in a quote-unquote violent uh, manner. But um, lately, this week, um, you know, a new thing. He started writing and, and drawing on his friend's clothes. So obviously, <laughs> kids were not happy. The teachers were not happy. So we got to talk to the teacher again. This one time was not a formal meeting. I don't think there was any report written. But, but this kind of thing. And um, Tuesday night, uh, I was asking Archangel Michael for help. And we had talked, you know, about the issues with our son Tuesday evening for a long time, to the point that there was no TV or no video games that night. And uh, Wednesday morning, I asked him for what we call a pinky promise, when you cross your little finger, his little finger and my little finger. And I asked him to, to be a good boy in school. And yesterday, he was a good boy. And what I had asked um, Tuesday evening to Mark Angel Michael is, you know, to to help him out and to help us out with his level of energy. And the thing that happened uh, the night from Tuesday to Wednesday, he spent a, a good night, meaning that he slept all the night through, and he stayed in his bed, which doesn't happen very often. Uh, usually, he comes to see us and comes to sleep with us. Again, we don't know why, possibly some fear, possibly sensing some uh, challenging energy around him. Who knows what goes in his mind? He's not able to express that uh, at his young age, but there's obviously something going on. It's something which is um, disturbing to him. So I talked to Archangel Michael, and uh, for once he had a good night. Again, we... We don't know what's going to happen, but unless we we ask the universe, whatever the angels, our guides, God, Allah, whoever, um, to help us out, we're not going to get any response. Uh, so please keep asking. Thank you very much. favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Jill Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Jill. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I was talking earlier on about those crutches, and mine in particular, that I know better than you do. <laughs> and um, I was talking about this thing also called karma. Again, I wouldn't pay too much attention to what karma is. Things happen, life happens, and we have to take care of life. And uh, I think it's important that we get the guidance even from, from either from um, our guides, our coaches, or from within to do the right thing for our life. You know, when our sons is uh, experiencing um, troubles at school, obviously we have to talk to him and we have to talk to the teacher and uh, we have to make sure that he understands that his behavior is not well-received by his peers and um, that he has to find a different way, a different outlet to express his energy. He's been going to martial arts uh, twice a week, but it doesn't seem to be working very well. Uh, so we may have to consider uh, something else. We were hoping that he would be able to, you know, to canalize, we say in French, to direct his energy into more more self-control and more uh, yeah, self-control and um, being in charge. But it doesn't seem to be working. It's a group class, obviously, and um, he likes to slack off. He likes to goof around. So I think this behavior hasn't changed much. And he doesn't seem to be doing very, very well in structured environment when he's being told what to do. So... So that's the way life is. We have to take care of life when life uh, throws something at us. Sometimes it's good to surrender. Sometimes it's a different kind of a so-called reaction. Another thing that came to mind this, um, to mine or to my radar this week is a, a video by Matt Kahn, K-H-N. I believe he's a spiritual teacher based in Seattle, so very close to where we live. And um, I watched one of his videos earlier on about, uh, about self-love. Very profound. I watched it two or three times. And um, I would encourage you if you're interested in, um, you know, spiritual advice. I know they have a website as well. And so um, it's something you could check it out. 
Um, but the video that I watched is called How to Avoid Being Dominated and Stay in a High Vibration. And um, it was very interesting because Matt was talking about situations, again, that are very close to home or to my old home. When we are being dominated, when someone yells at us, when someone lashes at us, and um, I'm quite familiar with this situation, um, more than I can express. And, um, and he said, you know, it's a question, when you are in such situation, do not consider yourself a victim. Instead, the idea is to raise one's vibration. Raise one's vibration and, and embrace the other person's whatever, anger or upset or irritation. Uh, you know, there's so many different kinds of situations where people yell at each other uh, or just yell. And he said, the point of raising our vibration is to, to be very grateful for what happens and to send uh, back to the person a big thank you. A big thank you for what goes on. And a big thank you for giving me a chance, an opportunity to raise my own vibration above that of your own life. And he said also something which is very true, which rang very true. We are not here to kind of save those people or to pull them out of where they are if they are, find themselves in a very um, unpleasant situation. I'm talking about the emotion and uh, the psychology of where they are. The, the, the pit in, in which they find themselves. But he says we are there to raise our vibration. And by the vibration we are sending out, we can you know, possibly influence what the person is feeling or thinking. But it's not up to, uh, up to ask, in a sense, or up to believe that we are there to pull or save the person. And... Um, Anyway, when I find myself in this kind of a situation, I usually I do not agree, argue because I know that um, it's not going to lead anywhere. The only thing that um, could happen is like we're going to get down into our own arguments and uh, digging our heels is the expression that I was looking for. We just all, each party is only going to be able to dig their own heels and it's going to it's going to lead to a more treacherous um, debate. And when, you, when we find ourselves in such a situation, it's, it's not very easy to stay calm and to stay um, even polite, I can imagine. But um, again, it's a very good exercise. Not that I want to practice it on a regular basis, but it's a very regular exercise to, to accept, to exert on our own uh, a good amount of, of self-control and, um, and practice what we'll be learning in terms of um, so-called managing our own vibrations. And I think when we are able, again, to to withstand such, uh, such high emotions coming at us, it's also a sign that we've made some, some progress on the path. And it's a sign that, um, that we can help uh, someone else just by our own um, attitude, 
by our own uh, beingness, by our own presence. There's no need for us to, to say much. And um, I think that's really a, a clear sign. And it's a fairly short video. It's less, a little less than eight minutes. And I would love to be able to um, to show the video. But I think the the format of this talk show um, doesn't allow me for for showing video. So I may be looking into uh, the near future for a different format to be able to um, to have more interaction. It's really something that I'm missing during this show. Is like I I talk, and pretty much I talk into my. Um, you know, the microphone on my headset, and I talk, I'm facing at the moment uh, Matt Kahn's video. Uh, I'm looking at their website, True Divine Nature, but I don't have any interaction, and it's something that, I've, that I miss dearly, and that I would find to, I need to find a way to, um, you know, to implement this uh, a situation or a platform where I can have more interaction with the, the audience. Um, I've been doing, uh, I've done, you know, trainings for the past 20 years, uh, stand-up trainings, and um, I was facing an audience, usually not a very large, between 10 and 25 people, uh, but there was much more of a come and go. There was much more of, a, of an interaction, and uh, and sometimes, you know, Face-to-face also helps because there's uh, you can see people's face, you can see their expression. And when you say something, possibly you can see a light bulb going on. You can see that what we are saying makes sense, especially when we talked about relationships. Uh, the way, for instance, the, the way uh, Europeans tend to build relationships and the way North Americans do. Um, when you tend to explain that, the importance of achievement versus uh, affiliation, I think it raises... Uh, a lot of light bulbs, and that's what I'm seeking. And I, in case you are interested in a, in a more interactive format, um, feel free to get back in touch with me. To get in touch with me, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Jills Asselin. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. And I have a, a blog, again, nurturing the, the gift of seeking.org. And um, again, my email address that you get during the show is called uh, seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Seeking at nurturingthegift.org. So um, again, I'm doing um, some kind of a reflection at the moment to see what would be more appropriate to build a relationship with the audience again. I know that a lot of people are listening. Um, I look at the stats and there's quite a few people at least, you know, some people come and go, they stay, they listen for five minutes, they don't like it, and that's just perfectly fine, I guess. Uh, It's sometimes, you know, um, not that pleasant to listen to a monologue. Pleasant is not the word I'm looking for, but I understand that in... uh, in an interactive format, there would be much many more possibilities. So again, if you feel like um, talking to me, send me an email or a message on Facebook or LinkedIn. I would be happy to to talk to you. So thank you very much. I wish you um, a very happy releasing. Um, think about what you need to release. I can't tell, but um, 
there's so many helpers around, uh, above and below as well, uh, and sometimes very close to us. Our family members usually are the best people in our lives, the uh, best uh, gifted uh, helpers. So thank you very much, and I will, uh, I will see you next Thursday. Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giel Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again.